It's the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner, joined by Chad Brendel of BearcatJournal.com and Rick Roaring from MusketeerReport.com. And welcome into the podcast for this Thursday. I'm Richard Skinner, Local12.com, digital sports columnist and editor, along with Chad Brendel from Bearcat Journal and Rick Roaring from Musketeer Report. Let's start uh, first with UC because they're the most freshest of fresh games that have been played, and that was last night at uh, Fifth Third Arena. Not a great first half, Chad, um, offensively, but then uh, a little explosion in the second half with 55 points. And uh, in the end, uh, a, a tighter win than you would have thought maybe going in. Certainly, I think they were favored by 12, 13 points, something along those lines over Temple. But still, they stay undefeated in the league and, and uh, move along. Well, they, they got the Temple team that beat West Virginia and Florida State. When that team shoots well, they're a dangerous team. Um, but th- they shot really well. That, that team's also outside the top 100 offensively, so they don't shoot very well very often. Right, it's, it's not a normal thing that they do, but, right, right, but right. that's the team that beat West Virginia and Florida State. They shot the lights out. Um, it's not a normal thing for them, but they, they did last night, and uh, the Bearcats in the second half had an answer. It's just it's a completely different team when they play inside out. Um, first half, they heavily around the perimeter. Rick pointed it out, only 30 possessions every it felt like every single possession in the first half went under five seconds on the shot clock. Um, second half, I would guess most of the shots were at 15, 18 seconds into the shot clock instead of at the end of it. The the ball was moving. It was going inside, coming back out. They weren't relying on the three-point shot. They were getting to the rim. Um, they had four guys with 15 points or more. Uh, the the fifth guy, Gary Clark, had a bad night and had seven points, seven rebounds, and eight yeah, assists. Yeah, eight assists is the big part, yeah. So, I mean, when that offense is playing like that, they're really, really good. It's just sometimes they go into that lull of passing it around the perimeter and not attacking, and they're not nearly as good at that point. Do you get the sense at all? Because this has obviously been a theme. We've been talking about it. I've, I don't want to beat that dead horse. Of, no, oh, they're playing slow or whatever. It's worth talking about. Um, do you get the sense at all that this team, as elite as they are defensively and as good as they clearly – I mean, they're number three in the country defensively. They can easily get stops, all that, yeah. and bear down when they need to. Do you see, though, offensively, to get them going, that sometimes they almost look, feel like they need to trade baskets? Like Kinda. I looked at that It's early, happened before, yeah. That early second period run, they just seemed like they needed to get going up and down and get both teams taking shots quick more yeah. quickly then once they got in that flow they were fine they were able to settle back in and, and get back to getting stops on D but it was like they just needed to get up and down five times it happened against SMU as well at the, the beginning of the second half where they got up and down a little bit and then they were in a groove and they were absolutely fine yeah but it's, it's like we just need to get that flow of the other yeah. team's going to run with us for three or four possessions and then we're good to go off yeah it's but. it's whatever it takes to get them going do it <laughs> it's because it's weird to watch when they get going they're really fun to watch no offensively no because doubt. they've got guys at every spot that can score and it's it's just a matter of not being passive, not hanging around and, and, you know, waiting until five seconds left on the shot clock to try to do something. Why do you think that is, though? I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it's... Is, is, it, is it level of competition? Is it... You're coming Some. off a stretch where you did play SMU on a Thursday. You did go play on the road on a Sunday. I think they're definitely in a stretch right now where they're yeah. a little fatigued. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure they're looking forward to... Getting through this game on Saturday. Yeah, because Xavier's after that. Xavier's after that, but it's not until Thursday. Right. right. So you're finally going to be able to get to take. And Mick said he's giving them three days off this week. Um, they got off Monday because they played on Sunday. Right. 
he's given them today off, and then he's given them Sunday off. So they're getting three days right, off right. in a seven-day stretch. Um, you know, you're just in that. This is where I don't like the shootout in the middle of the, at the in conference season. I don't. I, I said that earlier. I don't either. But, but. I, I generally like it. For the most part, the only reason I don't is because they don't have another week off the rest of the year. Um, the AAC, in their infinite wisdom, gave them their week off the first week of right. the conference season, right. and then they have this. They usually you get two where you have a you know a Wednesday you know no weekday game. You go Saturday to Saturday right. and you get some rest. Um, they don't have that the rest of the year, so yeah, I think that's some of it. Maybe um, I just it, it, I think it's mental more than anything. And obviously teams right now are doing everything they can to pack the paint and keep them from playing inside out. They just have to impose their will and say, you know what, we're doing it anyway. We're getting the ball to Kyle and Gary. And they're going to make good decisions usually. And that's that's the beauty of it. If the double comes, those two are as – I mean, I don't think there's maybe more than two teams in the country that have better bigs in terms of reading the double, kicking out of it, making the right decision. Kyle sometimes – you know, force. still wants to force yeah, things every yeah. now and then. But, I mean, he's still a really good passer. So, well, I mean, Gary, the, the eight assists for Gary Clark speaks to that yeah. last night. I mean, well, speaks right to it. And, and I wanted to bring that up because I think Gary Clark's kind of at an interesting spot in his career. We're midway through his junior year now, and he's good. He's a really solid player, and he's had some big games, especially this year. I think the SMU game was, yeah. was a great example of that. I don't think, though, for the most part, he's quite developed into the guy that some people thought he maybe could be offensively um, when he arrived on campus as a freshman. I think people saw maybe a star in terms of what he could do offensively, and he's just really solid. He's not quite the go-to guy. I wonder if, especially what we saw last night, the thing I always loved about him when we watched him in AAU is his skill, his feel for the game, his ability to create. We'd see him grab rebounds, break out dribble, lead the break, and get an assist coming up the floor. Yeah. Now I don't know that Mick's ever going to want him bringing the ball up the floor and running the offense. He's done it some, when he he's got he'll get rebounds and go. Right. And I, but I don't like. I'm just saying I don't know we'll Initiate ever see him like offense, we saw right. in AAU the way yeah. the way or I don't know that we'll ever see it for UC the way we did in AAU. But I do wonder if maybe something just kind of starts clicking for him where he's like, you know what. This could be my role, like that rebounder. I still do the I things think, he does I think he's an elite glue guy. But 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 as a creator, though, if he be if yeah. he, like he created shots last night, it wasn't just oh I made a good pass from inside right. out from the block. Right. It was like he caught the ball in the wing, ripped through, took two dribbles, drew the defense in, and then kicked kick. to an open yep. shooter. Yeah, that's creating offense like a point guard. Yeah, if he does that from the four with the the because t- last two years he had to be a scorer. Yeah. He doesn't have to be a scorer now for this team. He can no. be a distributor, which is maybe what he always – it's just interesting to see. Yeah. Maybe he's thinking through this and figuring that out in his mind of all of a sudden I can do more what I was always comfortable doing. Well, I, I think the great thing about Gary is with him it depends on the scout, what a team is trying to do. Mm-hmm. If they're going to play him one-on-one, he's going to back you down. And he's going to hit that little right-handed yeah. you know, hook over his left shoulder. He's going to score 20 points. If you're going to double, if you're going to send digs at him, if you're going to – you know, compromise your defense to try to stop him when he gets the ball in the post. He's going to hurt you in other ways, and now he's adding some of that perimeter stuff. I think the big thing for him was he not, he started knocking down a couple threes. Mm-hmm. Last year he shot really well. He, yeah, he shot over 50% from three last year. He had struggled this year, so teams weren't respecting it. He put that on the scouting report that he was knocking down a couple of them over the past, you know, three or four games. Now teams have to come out and respect it a little bit. Now he can put it on the deck one or two times. 
you know, get in that rip through, put it down, make a defense react. He's just an interesting guy because, you know, I think on a lot of other UC teams, he would be that star offensive guy because they wouldn't have, have to. Yeah, because they wouldn't have the firepower to do it. It's really interesting watching him on a team with a bunch of guys that can score because he's kind of a Swiss Army knife. Is tonight my night to get 20? Tonight's my night to get 20. Is tonight my night to get 14 rebounds? I'll get 14 rebounds. Is tonight my night to get eight assists? I'll go get eight assists. And it's, it's invaluable having a guy like that on your team. Yeah, I mean, his stat line is, is, is just speaks to that. He's averaging 10 points, 10.1 officially, shooting 57% from the floor, seven rebounds a game. 45 assists to only 20 turnovers. That's really, he's only committed 20 turnovers yeah. for a big guy. That's that's a that's a heck of a good number. Uh, and that is, that, that's a little bit in every category that you want to see. I mean, it sh- suggests he's not forcing anything. Now, yeah. I think you mentioned it. He's a really good glue guy, but it's rare that you have a glue guy that can go get you 18 or right. 20, like right. you're saying. Because glue guy's an right. 8 to 10 point guy right. on a consistent basis. Yeah, and it just like, it, it sort of, it almost, and again, he's he's ahead of where James Farr was at, at this point in his yeah. career. But it just makes me think of like James Farr, the second half of his senior year, it finally just clicked that I can be a star in my role if I'm just the best rebounder on the court every night and everything clicked for him. And it's all of a sudden like, not saying that Gary needs to do that. He's been a good player. No, you're right. But all of a sudden, if he took that to the next level of, if I just create and, you know, just be what this team needs me to be each night, I could be a star in this role even more so. And, like, I could see I could see it's Gary coming. Clark going to another level, even though what we've seen from him, even though it looks like he's kind of plateaued over the last year and a half. I think over the past four or five games, you're starting to see him turn into that, mm-hmm. where it, it, it is every night he's he excels at something that, that the team needs from him that night. Yeah, it's, it's, that's a great weapon to have. There's no question about it. Next for UC is Tulane, and it's a home game, and so um, no road game. Oh, yeah, well, that's right. Because yeah, they had them, they had them here on that Sunday. That's yeah. right. So at, at Tulane, they've won one game in the league. Suck. They, they're not very good. Um, and then obviously Xavier ahead. But is there any danger with Xavier ahead for for going on the road to Tulane? No, I don't. I don't think so at this point because they do have that gap of. Five days, right. four days in between. I don't think it's. I don't think right now it's on really any of their minds. Um, and I don't think this year's offense will allow a team like that to no. to stay in the game. They'll run them out of the gym. I no, think, no the concern is they haven't been great offensively on the, on the road. road. That's yeah. No, but that's a really still, bad defensive team. Yeah. A um, couple other things that I thought were interesting from the game last night: Luke Fickle going up into the UC stands. I don't for three minutes like. That was one TV. It, 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 was like, it was like, but it was like a great photo op because oh, it was, it was, it was, yeah, it was dead on a great photo op. That, that's all I was gonna say is it. It is the easiest thing in the world. I don't know how you ever look bad as the new coach coming into a program. Like it is the easiest thing in the world to win the press conference, oh, yeah. quote unquote. Get the media guys. This guy's fired winning up. every day. But he he gets it. He certainly gets it. He knew exactly what he's doing. Have you been watching the videos? Yeah, and, and those are great. But, like, I will say it's hilarious because everyone's like, oh, we don't want to represent the C. Butch Jones coordinator. And then they're like, together everyone achieves more. Exactly. Mrs. Nagelizen, my grade school teacher at St. Pius, had yeah, that, that yeah. poster on her <laughs> office. Every day, together everyone achieves more. He started spouting that. I was dying. That, I mean, that's just as bad as represent the C. That being said... He knows what he's doing. He's he's killing it in every opportunity he has in the public. He's doing all the right things, especially in this community. He's looking like the everyman. They're doing it's great ex- in social media. They're doing. I mean, they're they're controlling the message. They're they're doing a, a bang up job in recruiting. It, it you just it checks. You're right. It checks every box. The guy 
it's obvious he's been planning this out for a long yeah, time. Yeah, he, he had the whole playbook in place. He knew yeah. exactly. He's like, I need to check this box, and then I'm going to go up and get all the students. Well, Next you, week, he's going to be delivering donuts in the hallways of the Lindner Center. Like, oh, no, it'll be, it'll be you know, the, the, the line for the Crosstown shootout. Yeah, oh, yeah, the Crosstown yeah. shootout. Bring, bring, bring pizzas. Bring yeah, pizzas. There we bring go. Yeah. Yeah. Donuts, right. Yeah, that's, that's a perfect dead on. It's coming. No, but, I mean, you remember Jim Trussell, one of the first things he did when he went to Ohio State was, was at a basketball game talking about beating Michigan. And so yeah. he, I mean, very quickly got got the fan base on his side, and, and it's smart with Fickle. Fickle and sure saw all of that. It's so easy to do, which makes you think back to, like, how did Tommy Tarfield not – this makes sense. Well, because, this makes some sense that Tommy didn't do anything. He was sipping a, a Mai Tai on the veranda overlooking the 18th green at uh, right. name, name Your Country Club somewhere in a, in a warm climate. Exactly. We should have known right then when he came in and didn't win all the press conferences that, eh, this might not work. And I knew people were excited about hearing him talk, but, dude, it was nowhere near the level of excitement no, that we're seeing for right. Fickle. No, I mean, well, I think a lot of it is you had a fan base that, quite honestly, there was about half of the fan base that was ready to just say, screw this Absolutely. football program. No doubt. I'm done with it. You know, it's a fair weather city, and I'm a fair weather fan. Well, and they're and, not, and, and, he, and they're not winning, and, and they're not doing what, holding up their end of the bargain. So piss on them. Right. I mean, he is, wasn't exactly treating no. the fan base very well. Either. Get a no. job. <laughs> Go to hell. Go to hell. And, and, and half of them were ready to go. And now I think those half are going, yeah, I'm this back, baby. Yeah, this is what I want. This wanted. is what I wanted. Yeah. I wanted a football guy. And, and Luke Fickle's certainly a football guy. And then we can, can we talk about the ultimate shooter shoot moment of the night when Kyle Washington okay. in the postgame interview? But yeah, and this is great because I thought it was something. When I said I've got a great story for this, I thought it was something else. And then Kyle doubled back and dug himself an even bigger hole in the press conference. So mm-hmm. insert this. Do you have the clip? Yeah. Okay, yeah, here we go. Thanks, Kyle. Congrats on the win. Thank you. I mean, you, you got you got to make that play, hey, right? Like, shoot, hey, I, shoot. I, I'm on TV. I might, I might as well ask. Well, here's, here's what's, what's your name again? Here's what I thought before the game. About an hour and a half before the game, Kane Broom is out with Coach Davis. Kane Broom sitting out this year, going through drills because he's not playing. And I guess when he got done, Allie LaForce came over and was talking to him. You know, she's there. He's the only one out. He's just kind of standing around. She's doing her job as a reporter. Come over and talk to the kid. Well, I usually before, like 45 minutes before the game, I'm sitting on the opposing team's bench with Jaquan Parker and Kane Broom. And Kane's like, what was that? I didn't know Allie LaForce was working the game at the time. Kane's like, who was that sideline reporter? Who's that girl for CBS? I mean, she came over. She was talking to me. She told me where she went to school. Like, thinking, like, what's up, girl? Yeah, making a play. Somebody needs me. Making a play. Somebody needs me to get get me her name. I need to know her name. Somebody needs to get me her name. So I thought when Kyle did it that Kane put him up to it. Like, hey, yo, give me your name, bro. Give yeah. me your name. Because that's exactly what college players need with Allie LaForce is to be put up to asking for her name. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, yeah, but of course. <laughs> no, none of them are willing to do that. I don't right. <laughs> Not to mention she's married to a major league baseball player. And, yeah. you know. There's that. So we get into the postgame press conference. And as they're walking in, I'm like, you're going viral, bro. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, no, no. <laughs> oh, my girl's going to be so mad. Yeah, yeah, she is. <laughs> so we get into the press conference, and this is – I ask Kyle a question, and Kyle stops at the middle of the question. Here's what he says. But, but you said I was going viral. Let's kill it now because my girl's going to be mad. <laughs> Let's kill it. So I'm, I'm faithful. I'm a sports media and promotion. <laughs> so it was just networking. It was just networking. So I got to tell her to watch the interview. 
Kyle, you made it worse, bro. You don't, you you don't say. I was just, I was just networking. I, I'm a sports, I'm a sports management major, and I, I was just networking. Baby. Actually, baby, I, I kind of love that line. It's like the old, I wasn't spitting game. I was just scrimmaging. That, <laughs> that is, uh, that is an excellent line by him. The I'm just networking. That's. That's a go-to that, move. That, I'm, that, that, that's a clutch from, response, right, really. From now on, I'm never asking for numbers or, or pick-up lines. I'm always networking. Maybe maybe wants to go into broadcasting one day. Oh, he, he does, does want to go into broadcasting There you go. I've seen pictures of him at Channel 12, there, I think. There you go. I mean, yeah. Just, just I don't, perfect answer. Nobody can nobody. You can think his you. girl buys that? No, no. Oh, we say it's so, a perfect answer. He's got so much explaining that, to do. That's a, her, that's a her issue with this. Yeah, stage. yeah. We, we we're all fine with it though. All of us agree that he was just networking, right? Kyle's fantastic. I mean, I, I literally, we've requested at times that that Kyle do every post game press conference. Which is why my other thing is Allie missed. She missed her Andy Furman moment. He said we want to take the city back in that post game interview. She had no follow up about the shootout for him and. Kyle's the one kid who yeah, you, could get, you could get him to you pop get a one on one a week before the game where no one's really started coaching him yet. Yeah. Hey, we're not going to say anything stupid this year, right. right? You know, don't be you. You could have you could have got a beep, Xavier. Don't be who is Kilpatrick on the on the and then yeah, you, you don't ask him a follow up. That's that's a mis- journalist mistake by Alan. Yeah, she missed on that one. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. It was, well, well, oh, oh, well, what's your name again? I'm Kyle. <laughs> it's good to meet you. Just network. Shoot or shoot. Then, yep, shoot or shoot. And he's, he's, he's a shooter. He's the never been of a shooter, bro. I'm going to leave it at that. Well, well played. Right, let's talk about uh, Xavier and uh, certainly their struggles of late, Rick. Um, three straight losses. The goofy part is if I were to tell you they were going to lose at Villanova in early January, and then maybe early February they were going to lose at Butler, and then maybe late February they would fall to Creighton and maybe lose one other league game, you'd go, I'll sign up for that. But when all three come in a row, when three of those come in a row, and, and kind of the way the last two went where you had a, a shooter's chance to win that game, um, it, it led, leads to a lot of frustration. I can only imagine what the Xavier fan base is, is, is like these days. Yeah, they're, they're having a good time on the message board right they now. Are. Um, have you it, had to mute the one guy? Is he, is he... There's been a couple that have gotten the 24-hour uh, ban. Yeah. There's a couple that you got to ban t- like for 24 hours after a loss because they'll just post 17 to 20 right. times within right. five hours after the loss. It's like, we get it. You made your point. Now let someone else get in here and post. We don't want to read you 17 right. times. Believe it or not, people don't pay the monthly service to read you. Right. <laughs> Hate to tell you that. That's correct. I don't have a huge ego here, but the money isn't spent for you, my man. Yeah. That that should be a disclaimer on every message board like in America. People aren't here to read you, bro. Like, <laughs> Hate to tell you that. Um, but all, all that being said, I don't think the reaction on my message board has been as bad as I thought it would be. And at the same time, there's still those certain few who lose all perspective of Xavier history and forget that like a team ranked in the top 25 with no bad losses on January 17th is actually one of the better years in Xavier history Like if you go back and look. No, man, everything's got to be like last year. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I mean, you, you can't please the fan base, obviously, when you go 0-3, nor should you. They're right to be frustrated. They're right to be upset. There are higher expectations. It's a great thing. It's, it's a tribute to Chris and, and his staff and everyone at Xavier that expectations are in this place. Right. That people would be upset about three losses to top 12 teams and uh, where they're at in the Big East right now. But 
Um, I don't think it's the end of the world. I don't think this team is done for the season. I don't think it, it's time to start talking about next year just quite yet. Is it is it compounded because of the way Creighton the, the game played out with oh of course with, with Watson, Watson getting hurt, hurt and Patton being in foul trouble and those being the things that look to be the biggest issue for Xavier and they don't really come to fruition and they still you know they can't put them away. Yeah, I think that made it a lot more frustrating for the fans of like, well that that went from being a really hard game to a game that should be winnable for yeah. us and we still couldn't get it right. But uh, but as I was say, saying um, in the podcast we recorded on on our Xavier site just the other night, these problems. When it comes to playing good teams, and they, the problems only really seem to be glaring when they're going up against teams that are close to them in competition, yeah. they, the problems are about them. You know, it's not a, it's, that, that, the turnovers that, 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 and the yeah, free throws. It's, the and, taught, it's not yeah. making shots. It's not like defensively they weren't good enough to defend Creighton without Mo Watson. They were fine. They defended them really well. Yeah, they, I thought defensively they, they were great. Yeah. Held them under a point per possession, top top seven team in the country in offensive efficiency. And I know Mo Watson's out, but still a really good offensive yeah. team that you're playing against. You were great. You were fine. They switched everything defensively. And then, did a great job against ball screens. And then the way that it's been going for Xavier this year, JP completely loses his mind on a, on a switch and leaves the big Hagner. white stiff yeah. open for the only thing he can do. Shoot. Yeah. yeah. That's all he can do. Yeah. And so, I mean, Xavier had been switching all screens. They've got Kaiser Gates in the, the yeah. game at that point at the five, so you know it's switch everything. And JP just doesn't switch. So it's – I don't – those types of things, it's, it's like I understand that's really frustrating for the fan base. And I don't know what to tell them. Like, I don't know what well, you say I, about those no, little no. things constantly being screwed up. Uh, uh, yeah, you're right. But they are fixable things. That, that, that's the part. It is, I don't think this is that bad of a free throw shooting team. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be a team that hover around 50% for a chunk of the game. The turnovers, I think I sent you a text after those back-to-back ones that couldn't have been any sloppier. I mean, there was no – I don't think there was any pressure being forced on two of those turnovers. It was just a ball thrown out. Of, they've done, out that, of they've right. done that a ton. Right, but, but if you look at that on, on tape as a, as a coaching staff and as a, as, as, as a group of players, it's not like you got overwhelmed athletically and that's why you're – Causing turnovers and, and making turnovers is because honestly you're either not focused right or you're just you're, doing or dumb, dumb crap. Dumb, absolutely. So all the things do add up when you play good teams because obviously they're fifty fifty games and they're not doing those. Hence that's why they lost two of the three. I mean they lost to Nova because Nova's Nova, especially at their place. Um, but I, I would say for all these things they are all fixable and correctable. That that is the thing that's interesting about the Xavier team. I think is there's no. There's no glaring hole we're seeing of like, oh, man, look, anytime they play a center that's over 6'8 right. that can Kills, score, right. they, they can't guard him. Oh, they can't rebound. Oh, they can't stop point guards. They don't have a point guard. It's not a, a, a personnel deficiency that's the problem. The problem is the three guys we thought were going to be their best players aren't even close to being their best no, players most that, of the time in big games. And, and at least and at no the one, same time or, or at the same time. And the entire team is having just – but the biggest thing is they're not making shots in big moments. But in addition to that, the turnovers, the defensive lapses, in big moments, they're having just these slip-ups. That they are UC last year in, in a lot of ways. Very similar. Um, well, let's talk about that for a second. Uh, Chris Mack made an interesting point in the post-game and, and, yeah. of Creighton that you texted me about where he was talking about how this Xavier team – you go last year they're really young and all the stars on this team were kind of last year was their first year of kind of being main guys right. and last year they, they won a bunch of games ass. and no they won a bunch of close. games by eight or more you know it wasn't well even when they lost five. they weren't close right there was blowouts it was at Villanova yeah. yeah so they didn't play games that came down to the final possessions right when all these guys were cutting their teeth 
So maybe is it a thing where they you, haven't gone through it? You have to learn. Yeah, where right. on the flip side of that, you see every single game came down to that, and they lost a bunch of them. And now this year, they're sixteen and two, and they learn from those. Mis- and, and they're winning a bunch of close games and making plays in close moments. And, and I've never been a big one of like one season has a direct correlation on the other. I agree. But I do think there is something to learning how to win in those well, situations. Well, there was a chunk of guys on this year's UC team that went through that. It wasn't like exactly. this is a new year with completely new guys, a couple right. of new guys. But, yeah, there was a chunk of those guys went through all those situations but, last and, year. And I think that, that, like, when Mick built in the Big East, that was a big part of slowly, year by year, they were winning more and more games and learning how to win. And then finally, when they had it figured out, they were ready to compete every year. Right. And and it's an interesting situation because I don't think you see many years like Xavier had last year, and it just so happened to be when all those guys were cutting their teeth. I mean, how I, I would love, like, I don't know if you know off the top of your head how many games were within eight points last year. Oh, look, Rick, go ahead. Probably not a lot. I mean, yeah. honestly, I, just, I can't think of more than three, maybe. Well, obviously the Wisconsin game was. Yeah, there's one. <laughs> there's the last one. game yeah, of the year. There's one. <laughs> Uh, but it, it, I mean, they they just didn't. Yeah, there's a there's a some calluses that that have sure. to be earned along the way, and they they because they were so awesome last year. Well, that that because free, they rolled last year, they didn't they didn't callous up. That free throw in the first eight minutes of game is nowhere near the same free throw right. in the last two minutes of a game. Obviously, I mean, it's just a different. Um, you know, that stop that you've got to have in the last two minutes of a game. Yeah. I mean, and, you didn't and, get in the first eight minutes. And, it was and okay. last year, UC didn't get any of those right. stops. Right. Or, or if they got the stop, they didn't get the rebound. Or, you know, if they if they got the bucket to go ahead, they give up the long pass to Roosevelt Jones to get the game winner for Butler. Everything that, you know, they, they calloused, they hardened. And, and Xavier just didn't go through that last year. Five games last year before postseason play started. Five games during the regular season were decided by eight points or less. Two of those were by eight. Two of those were by seven. So only one of them by, was by less than That's seven. And that insane. was a five-point five game, the last game of the season it's great. at home against Creighton. Yep. Five points is the closest game they had either way. During the regular season. Wow. And so I maybe that drives it home yeah, right there. I was going to say I didn't. Wow. I didn't really feel confident about this argument at all. I didn't know if I really agreed that it had uh, no, any it, merit, but it was an interesting but, point yeah, that it Max was, brought up. Right now that we look at it, I'm starting to think, "Holy cow!" That is, maybe there's something to that. Maybe maybe all this playing carefree and playing with tons of confidence and stuff with JP and Trayvon Miles. All, maybe that's great, except for when you don't know the consequences of it at all and you feel right. like there's no repercussions. I don't know. Wow. Five points was their closest game either way last year, yeah, like, outside right. of Wisconsin. Well, no, Seton Hall in the, in the postseason. But he, said, he said the regular uh, yeah, yeah, until, yeah. until yeah. the postseason. Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. and then, and then and really, Seton Hall was more they scrambled back late in that game too yeah. to make it a, to make it a close game. So, yeah, and and really, like most of the games were like that. Like Wake Forest, Xavier yeah. was up big, and Wake Forest made it an eight point game. Right. You know what I mean? So it was, right. so it was a lot of teams like coming from behind from down 30, big. Thirty one games, five points was the closest. Wow. And, you know, we talk about this year, I hear lacking leadership a lot. The Xavier team's lacking leadership. They need leadership. And I'm always, I always sort of roll my eyes, cringe at that a little bit. What's that mean? What, do, how does that manifest itself on the court? What would, what would better leadership tangibly mean for this team? So I was trying to think about that. And I do, I think this is where maybe people get confused with, with what I, what I was saying a few weeks ago when I made the whole, if Trayvon Blewett walks in the gym with Stephen Curry and LeBron James, he thinks he's the best player comment. Those guys are really confident, but they're part of why I say that is to say they're a really self 
motivated, quiet, individual, confident type group to where they're it's not a group of tough guys who go in the locker room and need someone tough guys to, on the court. to yell at them, right? There's no C.J. Anderson, and I don't know that they respond to that, of, of someone coming in and being the rah-rah guy. Right. There's a lot of guys who think, I'm good, I'm fine, Leave me we're alone. good, yeah. we're fine. And there's not, you know, there's no motivational like leadership behind that I don't, I don't see really. And I don't, I don't know. I don't know if each team would respond to that if you have that type of guy, if that's what they're missing, or if that's just not this team's personality. But I said they kind of lack a sense of urgency. And I think that's what you see from this group is like they don't freak out when things are going bad. Right. And they don't have that guy who's going to go in the locker room and yell at people and, and try to demand respect in the locker room because they're like, hey, we're fine. Uh, it, it seems like Miles is trying to quickly force himself well, back gonna, into that just, role. I was going to say that, but when you're playing as dog awful as he's playing, right. that hard. message is going to get lost. And, and they're gonna Especially he- with those guys. They're going to be like, Miles, come on, dude. And, and they're going to hear that to an extent from Miles, but it, but again, Miles isn't going to do it in a way. It's not going to be going in and throwing, throwing Correct. chairs and right. demanding respect right. in the locker room. It, it's going to be like, hey, guys, we're all right. Like, he's trying to be a vocal guy and bring them yeah. together, but it's more about like, hey, we love each other and we're happy. It's not like this tough love and the, the everyone envisioned C.J. Anderson going into that locker room back in the day and screaming and scaring everybody into playing hard. This team doesn't have that. I don't know if they respond to it if they did, but I guess that's what like people are looking for when they say lack of leadership, and I kind of get that. Like I think there's something to that about this team to where they don't necessarily have that turn it on mode where someone's going to get them going and playing above right. their level on a certain night. But I don't think they necessarily respond to that or need it either. Next on the docket is Georgetown on Sunday, and then of course the the shootout anyway, on Thursday. Georgetown's going to get their ass beat, aren't they? Well, that, that's what you would you would think maybe. But with Cincinnati looming and the three straight losses, and let's just say you get off to a twenty two fourteen deficit, where does this team's confidence level go? Or is it still like you said? You still have a lot of supremely confident guys that, that this is a new day, new game, new new possession, new half, even if it's twenty two fourteen early. It, Look, I know they're in a big-time shooting slump. Different guys are shooting really poorly, so you have to think, like, hey, it's in their head to a certain extent. But I, honest to God, believe, like, these guys don't lose three games and then turn around and be like, we're going to lose to Georgetown or this is we're in bad shape. I honestly think they'll, they think they'll beat Georgetown by 30. And even and if then, they get down by eight, they'll still think they're going to beat right. Georgetown by 30 right. in that game. I just think that's how they think. I really do. Um, whether it plays out that way, I don't know. I think this is a big game. I don't know what you guys think, but I think oh, no doubt. If, if they go and, and, and play poorly against this Georgetown team, then you start to worry, okay, this 0-3 stretch got to them, and they're, they have bigger problems than because, they do Because then that. if it becomes four games, it sure as hell is going to become five games. I can almost guarantee if that's the case. I, I would agree with that. Um, Did you see the Georgetown stat over the weekend? Yeah, they haven't beat anyone not named St. John's or DePaul in 50. 15 games. That's crazy. 15 games in ten, the Big East. They haven't beaten anyone. 10, ten and 9 overall and 1 and 5 in, in the league this season. Woof. That's brutal. By the way, Big East teams have now won 23 of 32 home games, 71.9% home winning percentage. That's tops in the nation by a decent amount. And, and I would have to almost tell you to take out Georgetown and take out the Paul. I mean, do maybe the top seven or six or so teams, and it's probably even it, yeah. it's ridiculous. more ridiculous. Yeah. I think, yeah. you might, that, the, the Creighton win the at Creighton Xavier, Xavier might be one of, one of the one only, of the only, ones, only ones, ones Yeah, The Summit League is, is second in that wow. statistic, well, by you, the way. So it's, you can't go on the road to Summit League and win. I've, you, I've always, I've I've always, always said, said that. that. I I've to. always I mean, said that about the Summit that. League. Yeah. Name three really teams did. in the Summit League quickly. <laughs> IPFW, who's now Fort Wayne. Yep. That's all I got. That's all I got. I just, I just, I, but I just know that going on the road in the Summit League is Indiana is State. Possible. Nope. That's Horizon. No, they're, they're Valley. 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 Uh, 
I'm uh, the American Conference, 19 of 32, 59.4%. I expected games. them to not be good. Oh, I'm going to read it. North Dakota State, you can't go there and win. Nobody's ever gone there and won. South Dakota, nobody even wants to go to South Dakota, let yeah. alone play a game on the road in South Dakota. Ewe Pewee in that league, you don't go to Indian. You don't go into Indy and come out alive. Not at Ewe Pewee. No, you don't even come out alive. Oral Roberts, not a chance you go to the Maybe well, Center and win. Oral Bobby. There's you a might, lot of you might get a win at Oral Bobby. A lot you of might. distracting things going on there, from there, what I heard. There, there really are. There really are. So there you go. There's your Summit League roundup for the day. <laughs> and that's talking the Summit League. Yes, indeed. No, I, I think it does show, though, that, that Sunday's game is extremely important. There's no question about it. Georgetown's a, a bad team. And you want you need to get back in some kind of groove heading into the shootout. Yeah. Would think. You, you guys watched them over this three-game stretch, right? Yeah. All three games. What, what do you think? Do you think the problems have compounded and they're bigger now than they were before? Or is this the same team we've the seen same. throughout the year and they just played better competition? I, 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 yeah, I, I, I really thought there would have been more of a sense of urgency or felt like it against Creighton based on – look, again, Nova – Play Nova 50 times there, and you win twice if you're lucky. Right. Um, and in Xavier's case, they win negative two times. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> um, Butler was a, was a 50-50 game inside the last, what, five, four minutes, three minutes, two minutes, one minute, really. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and so was so was the Creighton, Creighton game. That's what I'm saying. If you took all of these at different spots of the season. It wouldn't mean anything. Yeah, yeah. you're going to lose at Nova. You're going to lose at Butler. And then Creighton's going to come here late in the year and beat you. You just you said, yeah, felt, yeah. yeah, you wouldn't have felt it. But the fact that they've come three in a row, and especially, again, when you've had the last two under your control, if you do some little things, that's the most frustrating and, part. And this is what Mick always talked about when UC was in the Big East. You're one week away from a three-game losing right, streak. Correct. Yep. I mean, that, that, you have to manage the psyche of your team. You have to get everybody's head out of their backside. you got to figure out how to navigate through it because at any given time, you're one week away from a three-game losing streak and trying to figure out how not to tailspin. I mean, and you could argue if you're Chris, if guys make careless turnovers that you yank them, but there's really nobody to go to. That's just it. I mean, there's just <laughs> nobody to go. You could do that if there was somebody to go, I, I, you know what, I'm tired of watching you dribble the ball off your foot because you're just not paying attention. You threw a pass that wasn't had no yeah. business being thrown. I'm putting this guy. There's just there's nobody to go to. There just isn't. If Miles gets back into some shape, maybe, maybe there is because there's another body there, but right now there just didn't. That, that's a great point. It's uh, you don't like you want to say, oh, they need to do this or they need to do that, but I really don't even know what buttons this staff could possibly right. push. Right. Like you look at the Creighton game, the end of that Creighton game, I thought Chris Mack absolutely took over. He ran about six sets in the final three minutes of that game. They got them a wide open look every single time he ran a set. And, and they, they missed, missed all. <laughs> they missed all of them except for one, I think. Right, and then the one they got fouled on, they don't go to the line and make the free throw on. Right. I mean, so, yeah. you know, there you go. Um, so, again, Sunday Georgetown for them. Uh, Kentucky goes on the road and, and um, struggles for the second time on the road, go to Mississippi State, blew a 17-point lead. But I, the one thing I want to touch on is the last two games Kentucky's played on the road. Both fan bases have come up with the silly, Love it. overrated chant. Love it. I just, I, I don't get it. No, I, I hate the overrated chant. I do, too. If you're going to do it, do it when you're losing. Right. I love it. That's the best. That's cocky. That means the, the two parts of it are you, both both love fan it. bases did it when they were losing. Awesome. And yet we're not even good enough to be within seven points of you guys. Right. You guys what suck. a joke. You guys suck. I love it. It's insanity. I hate the over. I've hated the overrated chant my entire life. I finally found a place where, you like where I absolutely love it. Down seven, one minute left. Overrated. You bastards suck. <laughs> Yes, that, that was that was the, that is the definition of insanity. I hope it catches on. I need this. I need this more, more. 
Well, they, I don't even know what the spread was. Like, what was? Do you know what the line was? By I, don't, I have no clue. So maybe that's, um, maybe the whole student body fan base bet the line and they they covered, and that's why they were all jubilant. Oh God, it's great. I, I feel refreshed when I hear it. I just don't. I don't get it. I just. I don't. I don't get it. Brendel just became five years younger in front of know, our eyes just great. from that chant. That, that was, was great. Unbelievable. I'm glad I brought that up. Uh, Love it. They they play South Carolina on Saturday at six. I I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm trying to feign interest in this game, and I think I have been able to do a little bit. Here's the only thing I've seen about the teams UK have pl- has played in the <laughs> SEC. Good. Go ahead. Yes. No one will guard them. No. No one. Nah, well. Or no one can guard them. South Carolina is number one in the country yeah, in defense that's efficiency. The one that, there you go. Hey, what? do you want to just steal my thunder, <laughs> jackass? I, I think I did. <laughs> next next thing. I mean, yeah, that, that was all I was going to say is I haven't seen any team that's – like every team seems to panic and just be like, oh, oh God, they're fast. We can't play in front of them. Let's go try and risk, gamble for steals. It's like why are you gambling? Stay in, make them shoot jumpers at least. Like, you're not going to beat them, but at least stay in the lane and make them shoot jumpers and try to rebound. And no one seems to want to do that after, like, the first five minutes. South Carolina, Frank Martin will make them do Absolutely. that. Because they can't do anything else. They cannot score right. at all. They are terrible offensively. They are ranked, like, 150th or worse, I think, offensively. Which is, which is insane to hear in the fact that they're 15-3. and three Yeah, I, I don't while, know. While doing that. Yeah. I don't know well, what it is offensively. It, it's bad. I know that they're number one in the country defensively, and they're going to try to keep that game as low scoring as possible. And so I think maybe, maybe, and probably only for, like, 30 minutes of it at the most, this might be an interest, more interesting game than people expect. Yeah, it's in up and that that's that's the the factor that, that's on Kentucky side. Kentucky so far in the league has scored 99, 100, 97, 87, 92 and 88. And South Carolina And South Carolina just played Florida to a 57-53 yes. win last night in a game that had 70 possessions. Wow. 57-53. 172 in offensive efficiency, by the way, that South Carolina team, number 1 in defense. See, this could also be a South Carolina team that gets beat 76 to 44 too. So yeah. they'll, they'll hold them under 80. Correct. Maybe. I mean, probably, but... No I, no, I don't know that they will hold them under 80, but, yeah, they could still get beat by 30. Even right. If it's a 70-possession right. game, they might not. They ain't holding them under it, 80. It, ain't, it, it might be a 70-possession Kentucky game. But, but, well, yeah, but, I'm, but if it gets to 70 <laughs> possessions is what I'm saying. Um no, I, I, South Carolina probably is, is arguably between them and Florida are the two A and two B in the league, and it's still a pretty big. And gap. they both are okay. Overrated. Both are overrated. Okay. Yeah, no, they're both. Yeah, okay is about it. I, probably both. If you're looking in the league, will get NCAA tournament bids and maybe not much more. Yeah, yeah. And after watching that game last night, they are both so far behind UK. It's not funny. They're yeah. okay, but they're. Really far behind you guys. Yeah, no question about it. Um, I do want to touch on Chad Brendel's Indiana Hoosiers that uh, did pull out a miracle win at Penn State. That yeah, hurt. It did. I it needed hurt a Penn State, State I win. Know I know you did. I, but I the, told you, Indiana's dead to me. On the uh, <laughs> Kind of like OG Ananubi's you, knee. You can't pull a front runner on me. On the uh, Is Indiana Better With or Without James Blackman Twitter, it was a... With West Knight, yeah, he with. made the game winner. So, he, yeah, he yeah, made the game winning three. Really does make a difference. That's correct. But they do, as you mentioned, they do do lose possibly OG Ananobi for a, for that, a, I hate that. I mean, for a that, chunk of time. 
anytime you see those non-contact knee just buckles injuries, it you just your stomach turns. Yeah, yeah. Uh, NKU back on Did the you docket. See it? Yeah, I was just gonna say I just wonder about him, like what goes on with him for the draft now, because he might have to come back. That's what I'm thinking. I just don't think he showed enough that no. he he should be leaving right now, because I think he has a lot more left to to show scouts. Yeah, in terms of what he could be. Absolutely. Yeah, and then you're coming off of off of that possibly depending on, on the severity of it, um, it is a lot to ask. Your NKU's back on the dockets. You ready for yep. dollar beer night? Dollar beer, dollar beverage night. You can get bottled water too for a dollar. Nah, you get no bottled water, man. Don't rush your pipes. <laughs> yeah, no, don't no, don't need that. No, 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 no. Um, but for them, uh, a really uh, a, a big a big game because of what took place on the on the road swing in Wisconsin. Huge game. I mean, it's it's. It would have been a big game anyway. Yeah. But, it's a huge game because you need it for the conference play now, and, and, but it, it was already a huge game because this is their opportunity to prove that at home they can play with the top team in the conference. So I'm still upset with you jerks. Actually, o- Oakland. He can up. go now. He lost. O- o- yeah, that's right. I can go. It's Friday night. That's that's a good point. You, you can go on dollar beer date night. Ooh, I might have to do that now. Now that you mentioned that, hit me up. That's a good call. Um, Oakland's actually slipped up a little bit here of late. Um, they got two losses in the league. Um, lost to Cleveland State in their most recent outing, so maybe NKU catches them at a good time. Yeah, I would agree, especially on the road. I, I, this team has not traveled. They have not been the same team mm-hmm. on the road. They're a team that relies on making tough shots and being like kind of individual one-on-one type players. Yeah. They're really talented, and you can do that at home. But yeah, that that becomes difficult on the road. And I think you know, be interesting to see if NKU can get any atmosphere going. They've been marketing this game hard for a month now, and um, they're they're trying. They're giving like away free County night. Yeah, Kenton County night. They're doing all types of different Man, things to get people Campbell in the county. I'm Boone County guy. Yeah, well, probably shouldn't go then. Daggone it. It's can not I your night. Get, can I still get dollar beverages? Yes. Yeah, that, that promotion's for you. They're doing promotions ah, for different communities. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> I'm the dollar beer guy. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, but, yeah, I think it's a big, it's obviously a big game for them, A, to stop the slide, and, and B, to – I mean, you, you suddenly you go to 4-3 and three in the league. You knock Oakland to 4-3 and three in the league and, and, you know, maybe at least put yourself in a spot to be a 2-3 seed still in the league. You still have a, a shot for that. Yep. So we'll see what happens. All right. Final take times. Chad Brendel, you go first. I already saw your overrated one, so you got to pick something else. That was where I was going to go. I'll go with um, – we'll go to Morgantown. Oh, good call. And, stunning. Uh, Absolutely not stunning. stunning. Not stunning because the, the formula is there. And and it, it showed again. What twelve turnovers last night for Oklahoma? Twelve turnovers. It was fifteen to fifteen in points off turnovers. And West Virginia has been averaging twenty four point three turnovers per game. But Oklahoma's been forcing. bad though. That's the, that's what's the stunt. that part Oklahoma's is. Yeah, that part is shock. But but if you take care of the ball, right. and they did, it doesn't matter how right. bad. Like and you, hey, can, you could have beaten them had they not started turning the ball over right. in the second half of that game. I mean, it, you know, it's a. I was talking to my my NBA scout friend. Last night, who was the one who installed that press at West Virginia? It was from his coaching days, and he was pretty feeling pretty good about himself. And I said, you know, the only thing is, if the, if they can't turn you over, and he said, yeah, he said it's it's very predicated on making sure you get to at least twenty. I think is the number that they're that they aim for. And with a chunk of them being live ball ones too. The well, yeah, they points. they want a, a, yeah. a ton of them to be live ball. And if you get to twenty, most you know you're right. going to get a large yeah. number yeah. of them that are. And it, they didn't hit their number. They didn't come close to their number. And that's how you. Well, they lost to Texas Tech, right? Yep. Now they lost to Texas Tech in Oklahoma in Big Twelve play. Texas Tech was on the road, but and this but was Morgan. Texas Tech is not no, not no. good. No, they're they're fourteen and four. 
with an RPI of 65. So they're, they're okay. They're okay. Yeah. They're better than Oklahoma, but still, yeah, Oklahoma was the secret about dreadful. the secret about this uh, West Virginia team is that everyone thinks they're really good defensively, and they are because of that press. But if you get them into the half court, they're they not. don't really get yeah. stopped. Right. They're not that good defensively in the half court. The pre- it's just it's much easier said than done. Absolutely. And that's the thing. They're still really good, but if you find a way to take care of the ball, or they just don't for whatever reason have a uh, slightly less yeah. high energy level. You can beat them, and I mean, it can be anyone. The interesting thing with them is they do play 13, as we've talked about right. many times on here, and, and they play a ton of minutes. So the energy thing, it's, it's typically always there, and that's where they get you is they just come at you in yeah, waves right. and waves and waves and waves, and they wear you down. But if you're a low turnover team and, and you play smart and you don't let them get in your head, bang, and you get them. Yeah, and it, and it never felt like in, in watching that game. I mean, there was a couple of spots where I thought for a second West Virginia was about to get well, on. West the run. Virginia was up what fourteen with yeah. nine or ten minutes left, but never could get on that that yeah. put away run that they've they've been doing a lot at home. The one where the bail they they just embarrassed Baylor. They just right. could never the knockout punch run. comes. Yeah, they could just. They just couldn't. They go from up fourteen to up twenty four yeah, in then you're done. two then minutes, you're, and then it's your spirit's a, yeah. broken, and you're done anyway. Right. I mean, it's like, yeah, when's the charter plane leave? Let's get on it and go home, and we let's just get the hell out of Morgantown. Exactly right. Good call on that one. Your last take, Rick Boring. Couple of uh, big names are out now. We'll start with Mo Watson. Yeah. Obviously, we already mentioned him. That's awful. ACL and I do, sucks. I do want to touch on that for a second because when he went out, um, do you think they should? Do you think they? Messed it up by bringing him back. That, that's what I'm, I, I honestly, because when he went out initially, I thought it looked like just a simple bang knees where it hurt. You know, it hurts like hell. Yeah. Um, he goes out, and the fact that they they then brought him back in, I thought, okay, that's all it was. But as soon as he started going up the court, I mean, he was hobbling from the get go. It, it he. He couldn't put his weight on his knee when he came back in. No, exactly. So, that being said, it makes me think it was probably already torn. It, like it, I don't. Yeah. My guess is that he was already going to be done. But when he's dribbling back, and you can see him limping, all I could think Get of him off that's, the floor. That's your whole team. Well, yeah. that's and you know it, actually. The whistle blew at that point too, and I thought the official was blowing the whistle. Didn't say get him out of get here. Get him out. Actually, it was, it was when the clock made yeah. an issue with the clock. I thought the same thing. I thought the ref was stopping and say, "You got to take him out. Yeah, you can't get him out." Exactly. This isn't safe. Um, it, it, it was. It was really unfortunate to see, and, and, and then the way it ends up ending. I mean, and you're right. It probably was already that way anyway, just based on the way his reaction was and, from the from the first part of it. And by the way, he went down the lane, shot a floater, <laughs> got an and one yeah. while yeah. he yeah didn't, didn't get to finish the and one though. Uh, no, he didn't get to shoot the free throw because he had. Blown his knee out. And obviously. with them, I mean, you've got like you don't have another point. You got that goofy right. white Dearden or whatever. Zierden, yeah, Zierden, Isaiah Zierden, yeah. and he's a spot up shooter. And, and like, look, they played really well, and I'm not, and they're not a bad team without him on the court. The problem they're is they're not an elite team with him. Well, the off problem the floor. is they're just so different. Their yeah. whole team was the whole style of offense was based on his ability to push, push the it, ball right. and, 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 and get out and play that right. way. And now you've been training for that style for so long and gotten right. so used to it and, now and you gone. have to walk the ball up the floor now because you have a guy who's Isaiah Zierden, a spot up shooter at point guard who has no dynamic you get skinny at point guard right? yeah exactly I mean it's just it's brutal I hate to see it because they were such a fun team to watch yeah, play yeah. and now even if they do well they're not going to be nearly as fun to watch yeah. um, the other guy Alonzo Trayer, who was expected to be Arizona's top scorer well, it's about time this, this came out um, it, it's been going around for a while. Apparently, that Lexus out in Arizona runs on diesel because he's been juicing. And uh, I he says it's an accident. I don't remember this being a thing in college basketball before. Has anyone else ever no. had performance-enhancing drugs? Not to my knowledge. Not issues. Yeah, not that I. I mean, and, and what's the, what's the unless story? Been, unless there's been a quiet suspension that's been a team well, rules violation here, suspension that, that but, doesn't well, get out. But the yeah. story on this is, and I missed it some yesterday because I was I was dealing with the UC game. 
he's not allowed to come back until it completely tests out of his system? No, no trace even. No trace of it can be in his system. And Dr. How Brian, much did he take? Dr. Brian Snow says there's evidence of this being in people's system for years. So Really? I mean, that's Dr. Brian Snow, so who the hell knows? It was just a tweet I read from B. Snow, but I'm willing I mean, to go with what that. What kind of experience does B. Snow have with performance-enhancing drugs? Black market, baby. He was averaging, what, about 15, 16? Oh, he's right? a monster. Yeah. And he, he led the EYBL in scoring his, his going into his senior year with, like, 26 points a game. And he, he just was a beast. Yeah, and they actually quietly kind of had a really good year to this point. Still undefeated in the Pac-12, 16-2. I also like – this is one of my favorite things about college basketball. is like how things like this will be known forever. And it's 2017, and coaches and administration is like acting – or like for some reason think things like this won't come out. It's not better to just get ahead of them. But Sean Miller literally was did an interview yesterday saying like, oh, we don't know if it's – like if we'll find out or if we're going to find out if he'll be allowed back. No idea. And then uh, reporters uncovered yesterday right. that he had been – he's Dude, out because of performance enhancing drugs. I've known this for five months, right. four months. Right. Like, Everyone's known it. But it's funny that it, he's still denying up until that yeah. day. And then it's like the reporters find out, oh, you know what? Actually, we've got to release yeah, a statement. That's right. That's and Alonzo right. releases a whole statement on the issue. We just like, figured it out today <laughs> when Jeff Goodman released that report. We just figured it out that Alonzo Trier was on – Performance dancing drugs. Why? Like, especially if you think, if, especially if you think this is really what they say it is, which he took it unknowingly, and someone, uh, someone led right. him down it's, the wrong it's, path. It's, why it's, not get ahead of that and correct. say, look, so this is why he's out. It's not his fault in, in, if that's the case. If right. you really it's believe not that, your fault as a staff if that's the case. I mean, yeah, right. Just come get ahead of the game on it. Instead, the rumors swirled for correct. months and months and months and months. Trier says, after finding out that I was given a banned substance by a well-intentioned but misguided person not associated with the university after an injury, I presented this information to the NCAA. Great. Then just tell us that when you got suspended the first time. Because then everyone goes, okay, like, I kind of believe you. Now you're doing it after everyone finds out. It makes it look like, well, what what were you hiding? Why were you hiding this? Who is this person? And and is there really even a person? And did you really unknowingly take it? I mean, all that stuff. Have we checked Amy Miller's prescriptions yet? What's been delivered to the Miller household? (laughs) And that's the podcast for today. That was, Peyton, that was Peyton Manning's excuse. That's what I'm saying. Work for Peyton. Maybe it'll work, maybe it'll work in, in this case as well. All right. Well done, boys. Appreciate it. Anything else before we get out of here? No, I think I'm good for this week. All right. Very good. Next week, made next, enough week, enemies. next week is fun. Next week will be fun. We, we, we may actually podcast five times next week. Easy, Tiger. <laughs> I don't want to see you two jerk us that much. That's a good point. Maybe three times. We'll see. Go ahead. We'll see. That's all. Yeah, you're, you're, you were about to say something stupid. <laughs> yep. I'm, I'm, yep. I'm, 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 I'm going to zip I'm it up. I'm censoring myself this I'm going to zip it up right here. All right. Thanks for being with us on the podcast. We'll see you. Uh, we'll be back on Monday to talk about the weekend in college basketball. And obviously, look ahead to next week's Crosstown Shootout. Have a great week. Zip them up.